Lekutah Sicha is Chelek Chafalev, Parsha Yisrael Sicha Beis, a summary of the Sicha. As the Jews came to uh, to Midbar Sinai and Vayichan Shom Yisrael Negadahar, they camped there um, opposite the mountain. So the Mechilta says, everywhere else it says, Vayisu, they traveled. Vayachnu, they camped. Because they traveled and camped, it was all the disputes and arguments and so on. But in this case, they were all one. That's why it says, Vayichan, he camped. It's in a singular expression, as opposed to in, the, in all the other travels, it says, they traveled. So the Jews were perfectly, uni- perfectly united in that situation. Rashi also says it, but he says the opposite. He says, he quotes from the words from the Pazav Ayichan Shem Yisrael, like one person with one mind, with one heart, really. Whereas all the other campings were betarumas and with disputes and arguments and so on. So in other words, he says it the opposite of the Mechilta. The Mechilta starts with Generally, they traveled through with disputes. In this case, they, uh, they were united. Rashi starts with, they were united. They were all united as one. But in the other cases, they were traveling in disputes. So what is the basis of the difference, the way what Rashi thinks is the norm, which is they camped as one? Yeah, but the other t- places, in other words, that's the expected thing. But the other places was arguments. The Mechilta starts the opposite. The, ex- the general uh, attitude was arguments and disputes in this case they, they, they were one and united why is there this different view of it so first of all to understand what the Mechilta and Rashi are saying the Mechilta says that <clears throat> what does he learn this from he learns it from the fact that in all the other places it says it in plural they travel they can so from this they see the fact that they traveled, they camped, means that they were in, uh, not united. But in this case, it says in the singular, so therefore here, they were united. Rashi doesn't find that as compelling. The fact that it says they traveled and they camped, in the simple reading of the Sukkim, what does that mean? That just means there were two million people. There were twelve tribes. Of course they say they traveled. That doesn't mean that they were in this dispute they just were multi- multitudes of people. So how does Rashi know this then? Because it says here, Vayichan Shom, there they camped in singular, as one person, in, in unison. There only, so from this we learn, but the other places, they weren't in unison. That's how Rashi learns it, not from the fact that it's written in plural. So then why does the Mechilta make such a big deal of Vayisu Vayachnu, the fact that it's written in a multiple it could be read simply as there were many people and that's why it was, uh, it was written in, the mul- in plural another thing the Mechilta himself says that when the, in the first trip that they took from Ramses to Sukkot it says they traveled from uh, Ramses to Sukkot and the Mechilta says it happened in an instant like a blink of an eye as it says in the Pasuk I will carry you on the wings of eagles it all happened in a very, sp- uh, very miraculous way so if the whole thing took an instant, so what do you mean they, they traveled with in, in dispute and argument? Who has time for an argument in an instant? In a split second, why does it say Vayesu in that case? And according to Rashi, why, if, since Rashi makes the whole thing about Vayachan Shom, 
that in this case they they uh, they were united. Why does the Torah have to point out such a shameful thing about the Jewish people by Matan Torah that in all other places they were uh, they were in dispute, they were not in unity? Why does he have to make an issue of it here? So the 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 concept here is this. Rashi explains everything, sees everything in the simple meaning of the words. So when it says, when Rashi says they were uh, in all other places, they were uh, they traveled with arguments of machlekes. It means literally, arguments of machlekes. And if that's what it means, where do you take that from the words vayisu? The fact that it's written in, in plural that tells you that they were arguing and disputing constantly. It it doesn't even it doesn't lend itself to that even. All it means is they were traveling as a big multitude. That's all it means. Since Rashi takes the word arguments and disputes in its literal sense, then then that is not brought out by Vayisu Vayachnu at all. That's why he has to rely on Shum, that it's something that the Torah points out specifically, that it was only this time that they were united. But the Mechilta doesn't take it so literally, because the Mechilta doesn't necessarily have to take everything literally. Therefore, when it says they, they were not united, what it means is simply because people are think differently. Ain't they the same Shabbos? People have different ways of thinking about things. They feel differently about everything. And especially in light of the fact that Siddhis explains that the 42 times that they stopped in the desert, each one represents a new level of growth, spiritual growth in their service of Hashem. That's what it represents. So certainly when the Yidden came to a new camp, which means to a new Seder, a new way of Aveda, a new growth in Aveda, of course each Jew took it according to his, wherever he was till then, and what he's moving to now. Of course everybody was different in, in that. So that's what he means, that all other travels and camps were each one in their own world, everybody's doing us, reaching for something else, everyone's trying to accomplish something else. But here, by Matan Torah, they all, even though they're all different, but Torah brought them all together and made them, and united them all. Which explains, of course, why even Ram, when they traveled from Ramses to Sukkot, why it was also the Mechilta make, uh, points out that it was, or agrees that it was in multiple, because they're still different people. They weren't arguing, but they're different people, and they were growing to a new level. Yitzhiya Mitzrayim, each one took it in their way. And Rashi takes it a step further, that even though they were generally disputing and arguing in that kind of frame of mind, when they came to Matan Torah, it fixed even that. And they became united even in that sense. So we have to understand about this idea of Torah brings unity. What does that mean? Even in the idea of people thinking differently, Torah itself is filled with different opinions. Every page in Gemara uh, has a machlekes or two or three. So what do you mean that Torah brings everybody together? It's full of different opinions. So to understand that we have to see what the Torah is. Before, when the Torah says the Jews camped in front of the mountain, it starts by saying in the third month, Shlishi makes a big thing of the fact that it's the third month the third month since they left Mitzrayim, which was a Nisan, and then Ir is the second, and Sivan is the third. In fact, our sages tell us that the Torah is multiples of three in many ways. 
thank Hashem, they say, that gave the Torah, which is made up of three Torah and Levim Aksuvim, to a nation which is made up of three Kainim Levim Yisraelim, through the third one, which is Moshe, who was the third, there was uh, um, Miriam, Aaron, and the Moshe was the third born child. On the third day, which means the third day, uh, Hashem said to them, be ready for the third day. Separate from your wives for three days. And on the third day, the Torah will be given. Again, on the third day. And it was in the third month, which is Sivan. All these threes. Torah somehow is related to the number three. So what does it mean? Why is Torah related to three? If you're looking for unity, one is unity. Hashem Echad. Unity. One unity is the number one. So to understand the numbers, number one, as we said, means there is only one thing. There is nothing else, just one. Number two expresses that it's now divergent. There are now two, it's different, divisive. You have this, and then you have the other thing. They're not together, not, they're not one. Then there is three. Three means that you have two, uh, two is division between two things, the number three is meant to bring together those two. As we find, there is, there are two, the, the Gemara says, there are two psukim which, there could be two psukim which are contradictory to each other. They seem to contradict each other until the third pasuk comes along and balances between them, arbitrates between them. An example of this is, in Matan Torah, the Torah says that Hashem came down on Mount Sinai. Another pasuk says, "I spoke to you from heaven." So, which is it? Did Hashem speak from heaven, or did He speak from Mount Sinai? Comes along the third pasuk, and it says, Shemayim, He tilted the uh, bent down the heaven onto Mount Sinai and spoke from there. In other words, the third pasuk explains why each pasuk is correct. Three is able to bring together two contradictory things. Now we have to understand that we're talking about arbitrating, not in the sense that we reject one opinion and we go with the other opinion. No. We take the two and make a third opinion which brings them together. The three brings them together. That they're both correct. There's another thing in the Gemara which says the halacha kedivri amachriya. If you have two people that say, one says that it's permitted. The other one says it's not permitted, it's usur. There's a third opinion that says, well, in this case, it is permitted. In that case, it's not permitted. We'll go with that opinion. Why? Not that we reject the other opinions, because he incorporated both opinions into his opinion. That's what the idea of three is, to bring together two divergent opinions. And that's what we're saying, that's what the Chacham is saying about the Torah is three, connect, connected with three. Because the entire Torah is seen that way as bringing together di- different opinions through the number three, as the number three. What this means in Torah is, yes, Torah has different opinions. Many opin- There's different disputes and arguments and, the, and different opinions. But then when the final ruling is given, because the bottom line is Allah Lamaisa, when that final ruling is given, everybody now agrees to this new opinion. And they all agree fully with the, the final ruling that is given with a certain opinion that was given. That's the power of Sholem that the Torah brings about. That everyone in the end agrees with the bottom line, Allah. Not just that they say, well, I'll do what you said, but I don't really agree. No, they have to agree 
fully with their minds as well. They have to bring themselves around to thinking. Their thinking has to be brought around to that way of thinking as well. Which explains the story of Rabbi Yeshua and the Rabbi Gamliel. There was the famous dispute. They had a difference of opinion about how to set the month in the month of Tishrei one year. And Rabbi Yeshua felt one way and Rabbi Gamliel felt another way. And their days of Yom Kippur were one, were two different days. Rabbi Gamliel was the final ruling. He was the Avbezdin, the head of the yeshiva. And therefore, he, his ruling was final. And he told Rabbi Yeshua, you have to show up in Yavne with your staff and with your money belt on the day that you think is Yom Kippur. And Rabbi Yeshua came. The question is, why did he have to tell him to bring his money belt and his staff? Just walking from his place of living to Yavne would have been violating the Tchum. And if it's, if it's Yom Kippur, then he would have been violating. What does he need to bring his, his wallet for? the point that was being made was when Rabbi Yeshua agrees to do it my way, it's not that he's, he's grudgingly agreeing to do it because that's the final ruling, but he, do, he disagrees everything about him agrees that this is the correct he brought himself around to thinking that I am right, the proof is he brought his wallet, he brought every part of him, it's like he brought everything that he has to show that this is the correct ruling not just walking there without anything. His stick, his wallet, everything is part of that decision. Which means, really, his mind is there too. His thinking is, a, is a, now agreeing with me. But to explain that too, what does it mean that everybody is brought... How do you bring your thinking around to it? So, Torah is different than ordinary wisdom. Everybody has... Goyim have wisdom too. But they don't have Torah. What does that mean? That there is something about Torah which is not found in ordinary wisdom. What is this unique thing about Torah? What's unique about Torah is Torah demand, when, after the dispute, after the difference of opinion, there has to be a halacha. There has to be a final ruling. And the final ruling insists that everybody follow that. In ordinary wisdom, like you go to a doctor and he says, well, if you're not going to do exercise, then you know, uh, your health is not going to go very well. Is he going to uh, force you, send the police to make sure you do it? No, you'll do whatever you want. Wisdom doesn't compel you necessarily to do it according to that, you know, what the, what the wisdom thinks. Torah, the ruling of Torah means you must do it. There is no other option. You must do that. In other words, Torah's wisdom must always lead to Maisabapal, to Ahira. This is what you must do. What is the, why is it so different for the Torah, the wisdom of Torah, and the wisdom of just ordinary wisdom? Because Torah is the wisdom of Hashem. That means that it is the absolute truth. The final ruling of Torah, if you know the right way of thinking in Torah, then you are reaching, then you are capturing the will and wisdom of Hashem. How do you know what's the correct, the final, how do you know what is correct? Whatever the halacha says, that's the correct, uh, that's the correct wisdom. Now you've reached the, the correct wisdom. When you want to reach emes lamita, you can't really capture that with your own mind and with your own wisdom because people's thinking are guided by many different things people's character, people's um, leanings in their thinking bring them to sometimes erroneous conclusions 
not to the absolute truth. So after the debate is done, a debate needs to be there, but when the final ruling is given, and according to Torah we've come to the final ruling, now we know that this is Hashem's will. When everybody knows that that is Hashem's will, which means this is the correct way of thinking, then everybody wants to get their mind to agree with that. What does that mean? I have to think, if I disagreed with it, then I have to figure out why I'm seeing it differently than Hashem sees it. So you'll learn, study harder, think deeper, until you bring your mind around to the truth of the Torah, and that's the quality that Torah has, which is not there in ordinary wisdom. Ordinary wisdom doesn't compel a final, what do I have to do? Torah demands that, and therefore that is the final ruling of Hashem, that is what Hashem wants. So everybody has to come around with their thinking to that. And you have to bring your mind around to thinking that way. And this explains something that is said about Beishamah and Beishilo. The rulings were generally according to Beishilo. The final ruling was generally according to Beishilo. What's the reason? The Gemara says because they were more humble, they were easygoing and unassertive and so on. That's a reason why you should rule in their, the way they say. Beishamah, the Gemara agrees, were smarter and sharper and more intellectually uh, capable isn't that the, re- the way you decide a halacha what is correct intellectually why is, is Beis Hillel's humility instructive of what's, what's the bottom line what's the real truth but the reason is human intelligence is incapable of being able to capture emes lamite, God's truth we are limited and we have uh, as we said the personal agendas and personal ways of thinking so we can't hope to be able to capture that what does capture that bitl the more you set yourself aside the more the truth can filter into you the, le- the less your own thinking clouds the subject the more the truth can, pe- can filter into your mind can penetrate your mind and Beishila was better at that they practiced their thinking through humility through being easygoing, and that's why their vision of things was considered to be closer to the truth and that's why that's the kind of achdus that Teda brings out because everybody needs to come around to the emes lamite to the absolute truth of it which is found in Torah. So that it has to unite everybody in their way of thinking. Everybody must make the effort to f- bring their way of thinking around to what the final Allah is. And this is also alluded to in the beginning of Shas and at the end of Shas. The end of Shas is, the beginning of Shas is, it talks about the laws of reading Shema. The end is, of the, sh- the entire Shas is, that anyone that studies halacha, it's about studying halacha. The final analysis of the entire shas, everything you learned for the last seven years or however long it takes, is about halacha. The bottom line is the emes amita. What is the halacha? That's what you have to get to. That's the real goal. How do you get there? How could your entire debate and the learning back and forth that goes on throughout the pages of the Gemara. How are you going to make sure that it's always about emes lamitoi? Reading the Shema. Reading the Shema means kabolos oil malchus shemayim. You're there because you submit to Hashem's will. 
the bottom line is all that we're interested in and if I don't agree with that bottom line then I have to rethink it and if I still don't agree I have to rethink it again that's the entire shas it starts with Kabbalah Soil it ends with Halacha that's the real truth now that is also the explanation of the three months Nisan, Iyer and Sivan which is month one, month two and one three, month three what happened in Nisan? Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim was completely top down Hashem revealed himself it wasn't anything that the Yidden did in order to bring themselves to the state of being redeemed Hashem revealed himself upon them and which means that everybody was equal to Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim because it wasn't anything they did so therefore Hashem included them all as one into this Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim that's why the Yidden are described as Tzivis Hashem as, as they exited Mitzrayim Tzivis means an army of Hashem army, what's the dominant feature of an army which is Kabbalah Soil you listen to what you're told you follow orders that's the bottom line we don't care what you think, how you think, who's smarter doesn't matter, you listen to orders that's what the Yidden were in at that time total Kabbalah Soil no differences real their difference is unapparent because it's all about Hashem He brought us together it doesn't mention anywhere that there were 12 tribes leaving it doesn't say that there were there are many divisions amongst Jews it says one thing, Tzivis Hashem one big army unity, absolute unity but in the end the unity was only superimposed on them in the presence of Hashem it was felt like unity but did they change their thinking? No, they were all uh, individual thinkers anyway. It just wasn't obvious at that moment. And that's why when it says by Yisu, even when they left from Ramses, Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, the first trip to Sukkot, they were all, each one had their own way of thinking, but they were united as an army with Kabbalah Soil. Then comes the second month, which is Iyer. Iyer is the number two, is the second month. What is it about? The year is about Sviras Aimer. Even back in the first uh, in the first uh, year, that year of Yitzhiz Mitzrayim, they were all looking forward to Mount Taita preparing. So each person prepares according to their level. When they're refining their character in forty nine different levels, it's my forty nine levels. It's not I'm not the same as everybody else. In other words, each yid was seen as an individual during the month of year. Then came Sivan, which is that the Torah united them, that even they became of one heart, that even even though they have different ways of thinking, but in the context of Torah, they all bring their minds around to capture what is really what Torah is really about, which is fulfilling the will of Hashem, understanding the will of Hashem, which means everybody thinks alike in the final analysis. There's a lesson the Rebbe says for us in this Rashi, in this idea as well, which is, the Alter Rebbe says that, uh, he explains why Avis Yisrael, why you should love every Jew, from the greatest to the, to the most basic, because we all have the same Neshama, we have the same Father. So that could be understood if I was relating to him, to his Neshama, to the essence of his Neshama, then I could relate to him as to a brother but I don't see his neshama at all because his neshama doesn't seem to be illuminated at all it doesn't live with his neshama he is abandoned. it seems like he's abandoned his neshama how am I supposed to relate to him? so the Torah says Vayichan Sham it was only there in the presence of Torah that they suddenly became united normally 
they were all the machlekes. They were all different and even the disputing and arguing and so on. They didn't relate to each other always in that way. You're, usually it was different people on different levels and so on. But Taita demands that we have to all get, that we have to, in the presence of Taita, we all have to become one. Which means that the real exercise of Abbas Yisrael has to be displayed for those people whom seem to be not functioning with their neshama. That's where the real key of Abbas Yisrael is. And through this kind of unity, we will bring the true unity which is when the Torah at Chadashim the new Torah which will come from Hashem and uh, in the time of Mashiach which will happen speedily in our days.